Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. We say hello to everybody out there. On the final Saturday of October, the college football wow. season really ramping up here. Halloween coming up on Tuesday. Femi MFA, Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Michael, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing great. I just can't believe how fall is just flying by. I don't even understand how it's happening that quick, but it is. And, uh, you know, we've got a summer day here on the East Coast and they're going to get snow in Denver for the game against the Chiefs, which makes that even more interesting. And uh, college football. I mean, Utah was rocking yesterday. I saw the Pat McAfee show and today it's rocking with game day. It's 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 impressive. I mean, not many people associate Utah with a great college football program if you haven't been paying attention, but they are. And Whittingham does an incredible job. I loved it. I love watching it. Yeah, it's one of the tougher places to play in the Pac-12. We will dive into that game here shortly, but let's set the table for what we have coming up over these next couple of hours. 15 minutes from now, our buddy Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime and also co-host of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. He'll join us to give out his college football plays. He has a play in the largest cocktail party over there in Jacksonville, the world's largest cocktail party, I should say, between Georgia and Florida. Tim has a bet on the side. Then 30 minutes from now, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, former NFL staff will join us to kind of talk about some of these quarterbacks who are going to head into this upcoming draft class. And maybe we'll talk about some of the young QBs that we see at the NFL level right now as well with Jim Nagy in 30 minutes. Then at 11.15 Eastern, 8.15 Pacific, Jordan Schultz, our buddy NFL insider over at Bleacher Report. Congratulations to Jordan now for signing up with Bleacher Report. He will join us to break down the NFL trade deadline that comes up on Tuesday. So we'll get Jordan's thoughts on the trade deadline, see who the movers and the shakers, the buyers and sellers will be coming up in about three days. But, Michael, let's talk about the game at Rice-Eccles Stadium coming up later on this afternoon. Oregon and Utah. I can't wait for it. A big stage game for my man Bodacious, potentially there in Salt Lake City. And Oregon right now is a six and a half point favorite over at DraftKings. Total of 47. But when you just break down this game and how these two teams fit together, uh, what jumps out to you? 
Well, I mean, obviously the physical toughness of Utah, that's always the case when it, especially as it relates to the Pac-12, right? And so, or what was once called the Pac-12. I mean, I think that's one of the things that you just see immediately and you identify with them because they are so tough and they, they kind of find a way to, they're a little bit like the Steelers and, you know, they, they may not look great, but they find a way to win. And, you know, this year they're, they're doing the same things that they typically always do. They find ways to win games and, you know, they, they struggled against UCLA in a, in a 14, you know, and won the game 14 to seven. Then they struggled against Oregon State, which is a really good team. So I would say with Cam Rising not playing, the offense isn't to the level we're used to seeing them play at. But I thought last week they dominated USC. I thought they were really the more physical team. And I think what, what Oregon's going to run into and your bodacious Knicks is going to run into is a <laughs> really, really good, a really good defense that ranks second in the conference and it's 11th overall against some pretty, they've done this against some pretty good offenses. Yeah, no, Oregon, or sorry, Utah is as physical as they come. They hit the hardest, and it's just, it's a tough, hard-nosed team. But Kyle Whittingham, like, they've taken on the identity of their head coach. And you see him, his fingerprints sprinkled all throughout the program, and that's where they've gotten to where they've gotten. And Utah has given Oregon a lot of problems traditionally, especially at Rice-Eccles. I remember a couple of years ago, they beat Oregon twice, once at Rice-Eccles, then another time in the Pac-12 title game. Like, there was another season where they were like had a chance to go ahead and go to the college ball playoff. Oregon got them there. So these two teams have had excellent, excellent battles over the years. But get this, Michael, uh, just, just to show people how big of a home field advantage Rice Eccles is. When Utah is a home underdog, they are 16, 8 and 2 against the spread in their last 26. They haven't been home dogs recently because they've been a really good program over the last handful of years. But whenever they are a home dog, uh, it's usually a side that you want to back. Yeah, and I mean, they need it. And this is a game where they're going to need to control the pace because Oregon's defense is really good, right? We know Oregon's a complete team. I mean, their defense is good. Their offense is good. Their lines are really good. And they can't get into a track meet. I mean, what Oregon averages over 40 points a game. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not going to really be where Utah needs to play. They average 23 points a game. So, you know, they're going to have to slow the game down. And I think that's where Winningham gains an advantage. I don't think he's... He's one of these play callers or head coaches that are so about, you know, I just want to get yards. He's about how do I win this game, you know, and it shows up and they're going to have to create some turnovers because this is the best. Oregon is the best team in the nation and not turning the ball over. Yep. They're the second best team in the nation and not allowing sacks. So, you know, and they're the best run team in the nation. So those are things that line up, and I can understand why everybody's on Utah, but when you break down this game, you can understand why uh, Oregon is, a, is, is under a touchdown and it, 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 and it could easily win this game by two touchdowns have, if Utah makes one mistake. Yeah, probably a good live betting game here because like you said, Utah, they were in control of the game against USC, kind of let it slip through their fingers there and then eventually won it at the end. Like it should have probably didn't need to go down to the last second kick just from watching that game and how they were controlling it in the second half. But I guess it's college sports. Things kind of get a little bit crazy, but I can't wait to see the battle in the trenches, though, because like you said, Oregon, they're not this finesse because I think Oregon has a perception of being finesse because they have all the jersey combinations. They're like high flying and flashy and all that stuff. But Oregon's pretty tough in the trenches as well. Dan Lanning has tried to recruit this team to be like an SEC caliber team landing coming over from Georgia. So we'll see a, a nice battle in the trenches later on this afternoon. We'll get more thoughts on this game throughout the show here. But I want to get to the game, though, in Lawrence, Kansas. This is a big game for you for Kansas, taking on undefeated Oklahoma. The Sooners are eight and a half point favorites, now down to seven and a half over at DraftKings. We've been seeing a lot of money coming in on the Jayhawks here as a home dog. Total 66 and a half. So we're expecting to see a lot of points as well. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the one thing about Kansas and Leopold, the way he coaches his team, I, I think it's really impressive. And he's another one, assuming that the quarterback's healthy and all those things are in place. I mean, he plays the right way to beat teams. And I, and I think in this game, Oklahoma's going to have to play a hell of a lot better than they did against Central Florida last week. 100%. And, you know, they're just, they just can't turn this ball over. But I do think I, – what I like about Oklahoma is I think Oklahoma's a really good adjustment team. I think they do a great job in terms of being able to figure out what's going on in the game and then making the adjustments in the game. But, look, let's face it. The last two weeks they've been in nail biters. They beat Texas by four, and they barely – with a 17-and-a-half-point favorites against uh, you, 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 Central Florida – there, Gabriel's going to have to play his be- one of his better games, but I think ultimately everything comes down to Venable's defense and how he handles Kansas. Yeah, and Oklahoma is a team that I feel like nationally we haven't talked about them much because other than the Red River shootout or the Red River rivalry, excuse me, like they haven't really played marquee games. Now, this isn't like the most marquee game on paper, but it's an interesting game and potentially a tricky game for the Sooners here. It feels like we haven't really gotten a, whole, a full grasp on what Oklahoma is. They beat Texas on a neutral, but I, I, do you think Oklahoma is national title good? Because right now they're in the mix for the college ball playoff. Like, where are you at with the Sooners now that we're halfway through the season? Well, I think this is the perfect game for them, right? Because they're playing against a team that's not a great defense, let's face it. I mean, Leopold's a really good head coach, and he does a great job. But this defense isn't where it needs to be to go to the next level. And so I I think Oklahoma, if they get in front early with the way they play defense, this will be a challenge. And I'm surprised the line has moved in the direction that it's moved into because on paper, and I know we play the game on grass, Mm -hmm. on paper, you know, I know it's a road game for Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's the far superior team here, especially defensively. They are going to make it hard for the Kansas offense. And I don't know if Kansas can make it hard for Dylan Gabriel and the Oklahoma offense. I think that's the problem. I think really when you look at it, this is it really favors Oklahoma offensively against a very a poor defense that, you know, ranks 100th in the country in relative scoring defense. Yeah, it's almost like the betting market is trying to say, like, hey, Oklahoma, prove it to us that you are this legitimately yeah. good team. And Oklahoma's been proving it, though, over the last eight games. They've covered seven of their last eight, so they've been outperforming expectations this season, 6-1 and one ATS as well. So, like, hey, like you can keep fading Oklahoma, but they keep, <laughs> they keep winning these games and they keep covering these spreads. So I can't wait to see it later on this afternoon, or rather actually a couple hours from now, this being the big noon kickoff game over there in Kansas. Uh, Georgia last week was on a bye, Michael, but they did lose their all-world tight end Brock Bowers now they will Mm -hmm. continue forward without maybe the best player in the country outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. the Bulldogs 14 point favorites against Florida in the world's largest cocktail party this total is at 49 and a half they play this one down in Jacksonville it's one of the more heated rivalries in the SEC Uh, what do you expect to see from Georgia in this offense without their number one player well, I mean, they always have good players on Georgia, so you don't worry about, you know, when they lose a good player, they always have one behind them, you know, and, and look, let's face it, uh, you know, South Carolina is not exactly a great defense, and Florida put 41 on them, barely won that game. I think this is a challenge. You know, I thought when Billy Napier went to Florida, they would be a better team offensively. They haven't quite got there yet. But really where the liability shows up is that they can't get control of the game with their defense. And even, you know, they give up 39 to South Carolina. You know, even the Vanderbilt game was a struggle to begin with. So, and then Kentucky dominated the game from start to finish. So, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, look, I think Georgia's by far the better team. I don't think 
but the one thing about this game that I love about this game, all these kids play against the Georgia, Florida high school all-star game is really like a pro. It's a, a precursor to the draft three years later because all those kids typically play in the draft. And this game is a lot of these high school, they played against each other in high school, which makes it fun. But I mean, Florida's going to have to protect the football and they're going to have to really play perfectly to do it. And the big issue is, can they protect their quarterback? I mean, Georgia is is going to be able to pressure them into mistakes because this team gives up so many sacks. I mean, they're they're ranked 103rd in the nation in sacks. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I can't wait to see this game as well. This is one like my favorite rivalries in college sports here. Uh, lopsided a little bit on paper, but we know rivalry games can be a little bit more competitive than what is suggested on paper there. And I like the point that you make about the this is kind of like the high school all-star game when these guys were all seniors. Now they just play it wearing their respective schools uniforms there because there's a lot of talent down there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of NFL eyeballs on this game as well. Speaking of NFL eyeballs, Jim Nagy will be joining us here in 30 minutes. But on the other side, Tim Murray, VSIN host of VSIN Primetime, also the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. He has a play on Georgia and Florida. He also has a play on the Duke Louisville game as well. We will get to all of that and more when we come back here. Just getting warmed up on the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Femi and Bebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. And joining us now, always a treat when we have this guest on the program here to talk some draft prospects because we all love the NFL draft and picking teams. This is the one and only Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl, joining us here on the Lombardi Line. Jim, we appreciate you taking the time out of your morning as always. And I saw recently you tweeted uh, yesterday that after talking to some NFL front offices, that this draft is is lush with quarterbacks, receivers, O-linemen, and D-linemen. That's what we love to hear. Those are the money positions in the NFL. But let's start with the quarterbacks here. Uh, when you break down Caleb Williams, Drake May, I know these are guys that are not going to be at the Senior Bowl, but uh, how do you evaluate and kind of stack these QBs who will be draft eligible next spring? Yeah, good morning, Fem and Mike. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, those those two guys are the, one, are the names you're going to hear. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, talking to teams, I don't think it's completely cut and dry that Caleb Williams is, is the uh, – Presumptive number one guy. There's a lot of love out there for Drake May. I'll, I'll tell you that. And uh, it's going to be interesting which juniors enter this thing. You know, there's, there's obviously a lot going on in Ann Arbor right now. Uh, you know, what's that going to do to J.J. McCarthy? I think there's some speculation in the NFL right now with Quinn Ewers at Texas just because they've, uh, you know, there's a succession plan in place there in Austin. And uh, that probably, that probably uh, is dependent upon if Quinn comes out this year or not. So, uh, so there'll be some other juniors that maybe we're not talking about right now. I think Riley Leonard from Duke stays in. And then it's it's the deepest senior class that we've seen uh, at least in the last five or six years since uh, since I've been at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, well, Riley Leonard, if he comes out, I mean, you get him in the game. He's from Fairhope. I mean, we've all been to Fairhope before, you know, so, I mean, that would be an easy one for you to get. I, I want to ask you, what is a sleeper? What is a quarterback that you have your eye on that no one's talking about uh, that you want to get in the game? Well, I, I would say a couple, Mike. I'd say Michael Pratt at Tulane just because he's a group of five player. I think he, he's not a sleeper in the NFL, that's for sure. Um, he, and he did, he was in the spotlight a little bit last year when they knocked off USC in the cotton bowl. Uh, we had his running back last year at the game, Tajay Spears, uh, who was our practice player of the week. So, uh, and that's right down the road from us. We're a couple hours away from, from Tulane. Uh, so I've seen Michael play a lot, really good player. Um, just has a great feel for the game, great leadership, really underrated arm, uh, underrated athlete. So he's a cool player. I think, I think most teams are kind of at that fringe mic of like, they, they know he's going to be a starter. But like what level of starter is he going to be? He's not a guy that's seen as an NFL backup. I think most teams see him as a starter. And I'd say Will Howard at Kansas State. And he's an interesting one right now because, you know, they've kind of went to a rotation at quarterback uh, there at K-State the past couple of weeks, and it's, it's went well. But for a guy that's in his senior year to kind of be rotating in now with a freshman, um, it's muddied the evaluation a little bit. People are wondering why that's happening. Um, but Will Howard, you put on the tape, there's a lot to like. I mean, the guy, the guy led him to a, a Big 12 championship game win last year against against TCU. Uh, and he's a big strapped up kid that can throw it. Um, kind of your cla classic pocket passer. So that's probably two names if we're going quote unquote sleepers. We're speaking with Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl, former NFL scout as well. Well, how about some non-quarterbacks? Who are guys that people should be sort of keeping their eyes on for the rest of this college football season? And then once we get into the draft process, really kicking off January, February, March, April. I'll just talk about two guys that have have really probably vaulted up our board, moved up our board, if you will, this fall on the offensive side of the ball more than anyone. And I'll, I'll just stick at a couple of skill positions because that's what uh, everyone likes to get an early leg up on their fantasy. Uh, one would be Marshawn Lloyd uh, at USC, the running back. He's our top rated senior running back right now. And to start the year, he, he, 
he wasn't in the top 10. He's, uh, he's had a great year out there. He's a South Carolina transfer. Uh, he's, made, he's made the most of his one opportunity, you know, here in this season with the Trojans. Really explosive, uh, athletic, good when he gets in space. And then uh, his former teammate at South Carolina, Xavier Leggett, uh, the wide receiver who, again, was we had a free agent grade on him coming into the year, and now there's no way he's getting out of day two just talking to guys around the league. So he's big, fast, strong. He's played on a bunch of special teams over his career, and he's been a good kick returner. Uh, but this year, I mean, whatever he is, he's 6'3", 227 pounds. He's going to run maybe in the four threes. Um, and he's been an explosive playmaker for Spencer Rattler this year. Um, so I would say those two guys. I would say those two guys. If you're in those, if you're in those fantasy leagues and you in those leagues where you keep an eye on college players, uh, Marshawn Lloyd and Xavier Leggett are two. Do you want two names you want to remember when we get to April? Jim, you go. I know you go on the road. You watch all these games. You study all this tape. Who are your top four teams right now in college football? Well, I think you started Georgia. Uh, I've seen them play a couple times uh, this fall. They're not the Georgia team of the last couple of years. They're not the same dominant defense. You just can't lose that many first-round players off your defense and maintain that year in and year out. I mean, we've even seen Alabama at times over the years take a little dip defensively, but I would still have them up top. Michigan is, you know, everyone gets on Michigan's schedule. They've been in, they've been a hard eval this year, Mike, just because of their because of that schedule. I mean, you get ECU and UNLV and Bowling Green. Um, it, it, they've been difficult, but they, they've done what they need to do. They're, they're taking care of business the way they need to take care of business, completely blowing people out week after week. I've seen Florida State play a couple times this year. They've got a ton of offensive firepower, um, and, they've got, and they've got four or five, you know, top four or five round guys on defense. Um, you know, probably that fourth team, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I think Washington's a team. Again, using the word firepower with, with what they have on offense with those three receivers. And Michael Penix, they're, they're going to be a hard team to keep up with scoring-wise. So um, those would probably be the four. I think the first three are pretty clear-cut. Let's get to some guys who were in the last year's Senior Bowl in 2023 that are now at the NFL level. And chief among them, Puka Nakua, the Los Angeles Rams wide receiver, who is one of the favorites for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Did you guys expect this kind of outbreak performance from, from Puka Nakua so early on in his career? I know Cooper Cup was injured early on in the season, so we had the opportunity. But, I mean, this has been really impressive. Might have even blown you guys away as well, even though you saw him up close and personal. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't sit here and say that we expected this. There's, there's no, no way I can sit here and say that. Um, but I, I will say that, like, when you watch Puka last year at BYU, if you were writing a scouting report, um, the words that consistently came up were, like, crafty, savvy, instinctive. So, as Mike can tell you, those guys usually transition pretty quickly. Like, if you've got a good feel for the game, regardless of what position, um, you can figure it out pretty quickly and get on the field. And then when they had that injury to Cooper Cup, um, you know, that, that that gave him kind of that opening. And talking to the guys in L.A. going back to the summer, um, he was he was clicking with Matt Stafford. And that's a really hard thing for a rookie, uh, a rookie receiver is get on the same page with a veteran quarterback. And when I heard that was starting to happen out there in L.A., I, had a, I knew he had a chance to get on the field and be productive, but not at like the record setting pace that he's on right now. I mean, he, he's on he's on a trajectory here to be the most productive rookie receiver we've ever seen. So it's been, it's been really fun to watch. Puka's a great kid. You know, you're down there in Mobile and you watch Alabama every week. And, and uh, is this one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs as you see it in terms of where the team started to where it is right now? 
Yeah, Mike, and you know the fan base down here. They're, they're not real patient. Um, <laughs> and it, it, they've went on an unprecedented run. Think about this from, you know, from Jalen Hurts to Tua to Mac Jones to Bryce Young. That's a, what, what other college program has cranked out four straight first-round NFL starting quarterbacks back to back to back to back? Um, it's crazy. So, you know, Jalen Milrow had his bump against Texas, but that's a good Texas football team. So they're figuring it out. Yes. To answer your question, I think this is one of coach Saban's best jobs. Um, and, and they're playing really well on defense. I think that's the one thing that's really getting them through the meat of this SEC season is uh, they've got the pass rush going. They've got some young guys, Terry and Arnold in the secondary uh, that are making plays. So yeah, this is, it's been a great job by coach Saban. We got about a minute left here, Jim. Who do you think has been the best player so far this year in college football in the country? Ooh, best player. Um, man, I saw Brock Bowers in what he did against against Auburn a few weeks ago. He's hurt now, obviously, but uh, I think he went for like 140 in the second half of the game I was at. It's hard for me to uh, to shake that from my, from my memory. He, he's he's he, he's a different type of guy. I mean, everyone's kind of throwing him out there with, with Kyle Pitts and in that, but. This guy's different. I, I would have to go. The guys I've seen, I would say Brock Bowers. Yeah. Brock Bowers is the best guy there. Love he, it. Injured right now, Love but it. I'm sure once it comes NFL time, uh, we, we will be hearing his name called pretty early in next April's draft. Yeah, real, Jim, quick, oh. real, real quick, Jim, who's your Heisman? Who's your Heisman winner? Oh, that's a really good one. You know who? You know who's not getting the love, Mike, who really should be is Jaden Daniels at LSU. No doubt. I was hoping you'd say that. I was hoping you would say that. Yeah, this guy, I mean, what they're doing right now offensively, again, a lot of these guys are underclassmen, but their entire offensive line are draft picks. They've got Neighbors and uh, Brian Thomas, the wide receiver, both high-end draft picks. They've got Jason Taylor's kid at tight end. He's only a sophomore. He's going to be a high draft pick. What they're, what they're really missing is running back, Mike, and that's what LSU always has. But, you know, Jay, I'd Jay Daniels. He would be my front runner. Awesome stuff. Thank he is you, Jim, Jim Nagy, executive director over at the Senior Bowl. We appreciate it as well. Be well, and we hope to talk to you soon, Jim. All right, we'll be back with more on the Lombardi line after the break. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line. Hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe out here at the Circuit Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi in the great state of New Jersey. For those of you who are listening and want to watch us, you can go ahead and watch us on Samsung TV, uh, Samsung TV Plus, on Roku, on Zumo Play. Like we're, we're all over the place here. Also at vsun.com as well and DraftKingsNetwork.com is where you can watch us uh, here on the Lombardi line. But we had a fun first hour, fun second hour on deck. 30 minutes from now, Jordan Schultz, NFL Insider, now a Bleacher Report, will be joining us to give us a, a little bit of info ahead of Tuesday's trade deadline in the National Football League. But before we get into all that, let's get to the Lombardi look ahead. And here's a game, Michael, between two teams in Southern Divisions, AFC South, NFC South, that you are looking to stay away from. What game is that? Well, I, I mean, look, the Atlanta-Tennessee game. And typically, this would have been an all-in on Mike Vrabel as a dog. But, you know, once the Will Levis news comes into play, you're like, okay, do I really want to play this one? And then, you know, I think a lot of people have been way too hard on Desmond Ritter. I really do. Mm. I think Desmond Ritter has thrown the ball since the return from London. Even in London, he just has turned the ball over too much. I mean, last week was ridiculous fumbles. Fumble going into the end zone. He gets stripped by Winfield. Fumble on a quarterback sneak. 
But you can't really, if you watch the tape, you can't argue with his accuracy, the throws he's made. He's actually given him some life. And, and, I'm, and I'm saying this coming from a point of I wasn't a Ritter fan. He's played better. Now, this week they go against a Tennessee front. That's pretty good, but they get Tart back. Hard to run the ball with Tart back in there. So it's kind of an even game. And anytime you can get Vrabel as a dog, you want to take it. But there's so much uncertainty that I kind of just said, okay, Mr. Hall and Mr. Oates, you got this game. This is a, one of those I can't do in terms of putting it on my recommendations for Sunday. Oh, that is your official Hall and Oates play of the week. Absolutely love hearing that sound. But to your point, though, can, like, you, can you play that one? I mean, are you going to play it on your card? Except I, I don't have it on my card yet. Like, like if we ever got to like a full three, maybe I would entertain it. But I, I just think that like the, the point that you bring up with Will Levis is just like, how, how do you how do you back that? Because like you pretty much are betting Will Levis to win the game if you're taking plus three because like how often does the game land on one or two then I guess you would push on three but to your point though about Mike Vrabel like after the bye week like, like, like he has been phenomenal since 2018 since he's taken over as the Tennessee Titans coach he's uh, he's five and one post bye and I think that yeah. includes the playoff game there when they lost to Cincinnati so in the regular season he's undefeated in the bye week so uh, so it's it's the, the, this weekend is a landmine card and why do I say that? It's a landmine card because on on the surface, right, there's so many home dogs. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying to yourself, okay, great. A lot of home dogs. We've got, you know, we've got Denver home dog. We've got Indianapolis a home dog. Pittsburgh, Carolina, Washington. There's nine home dogs. So as a better, you say, well, I'm just going to bet the home dogs and be okay. Probably a good theory. But what are the ones you're going to bet? That's to me where it's the landmine. You know, do you run away and just play Pittsburgh with Vrabel, with, excuse me, with Tomlin as a home dog or Green Bay as a home dog? See, to me, this is the hardest card because when there's only two or three home dogs, you say, okay, I like that one. But everybody has run to the window for Denver. They have run the line open nine, nine and a half. Now it's down to seven. Mm-hmm. Might go to six and a half before, right? And so nobody's running to the window to bet Arizona as a home dog. I get that. But to me, this is why I think it's a landmine. It's very challenging with this many home dogs. Do you really, are they all going to cover? And so I think what you have to do is take the ones that you feel like with the coach that is good at covering, Tomlin, Vrabel. Those are the ones I think you need to stay to. Let's get to one of those home dogs. This one is short home dog, not a big price like Denver or one of those ones, but this is the Green Bay Packers one and a half point home dogs against the Minnesota Vikings. And this, Michael, is your line of the week. Well, I think this is an interesting one because the Packers open up, at I think two and a half point favorite on mm-hmm. the look ahead line on Sunday. And when Minnesota won the game on Monday night, this line flipped. And I think anytime you see the line go from favorite to dog, right, it really favors the team that was the favorite at one time. Now, you know, Minnesota, for it's a great win. Okay, I get that. But Minnesota, there was moments in that game where it could have fallen apart. I think with Aaron Jones back, it really helps Green Bay's offense. Green Bay's biggest problem is their first halves have been a disaster. They've been really bad in the first half. And they've got to get off to a faster start at home particularly. 
And so can Minnesota block the front? Can they handle this? I mean, Kirk Cousins is a, is a favorite on the road. I think you have to buy or beware there. So Green Bay is a pro pick. There's no question. There's been a lot of, a lot of the pro comes in on this one because when you look at it, you, when, when I see the splits on my board, you know, there's a lot there. They have 64 percent of the tickets, but Green Bay's got 90 percent of the money, which tells you mm. that the public loves Minnesota. They moved the number, but the other side really likes Green Bay. Yeah, no, this is a, a leg on one of my teasers. I teased Green Bay. Once it got to one and a half, I was like, all right, let me take them to seven and a half point home dogs. And I paired it with uh, These teasers. But you've been doing this for so long. Why do you do te- teasers? I, I, I don't, I don't do, do teasers that work? much. I, I don't do, do teasers that much. Do they ever work? They do, do they work. ever they work? work? They work. I, I, I don't tease that much. I'm not. I think a lot of people on our network tease a lot, but I, I wait till we get to like a couple months into the season to start teasing once we have like a better idea what the teams are, because I don't think you want to tease when like, hey, like we're all just sort of making educated guesses about what the, the difference between the teams are. So like September, never a teaser, like early October, never teasers. Now that we get to Halloween, it's like, I'll, I'll tease a little bit here. So so we, we, yeah, we, we tease well, Green Bay. You, you I should mean, go out I mean, as Halloween in your costume <laughs> as a teaser. That's what you should do, right? Well, I might go as uh, the bet splits. Maybe that's what I'll do. But I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I think What's, what's interesting with this game, though, with teasing it is that, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings don't win games by multiple scores. You know, like they play one score games, whether they win them or lose them, they play within like that seven point range. So I think as a teaser, teasing Green Bay up to a seven and a half, you can find another leg with it. Um, I think that's a decent way to go. The, the, the leg that I paired with it, you might not like this one, but uh, it, it, it's our guy. It's, it's our guy in, in primetime Sunday Night Football, Brandon Staley. We teased him down to two and a half point favorites. So if, if, if Tyson Bajent beats me, I guess he just beats me. But that's, that's that's my teaser. Well, I mean, week. look, if 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 Boy Wonder loses this game, it's over for him. It's over. I yeah. mean, you know, he can pack his. I mean, this this will be. I mean, he's been on so many missed flights for Al Davis that it's ridiculous. But this might be one. He's on yeah. the Spanos missed flight train. Yeah, because he can't. You know, and look, you know, the questions are finally being asked. If Justin Herbert played in any big market, people will be wondering why. Why does he look so bad in the second half? Why can't he hold the lead? Why, why does he do some bad things during game? Like, there would be a lot of why. Have we overvalued Justin Herbert? Is mm-hmm. he not as good as you think? You know, and I think ultimately, and have we overvalued the Chargers? Yeah. Everybody says the Chargers are this incredibly talented team. You know, and I keep asking where. Like, okay, Bosa's a really talented player. He hasn't played like a talented player in a while. He's been hurt quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Khalil Mack was once a very talented player. I know he got six sacks in a game against a rookie quarterback, but you can't. If you watch that game and understand football against anybody, he's not getting those six sacks. Like, they don't dominate anybody up front. I mean, this is a team that can't stop the forward pass. They're 31st in the National Football League in yards per attempt passing. They're 32nd in yards allowed. They're 32nd in yards allowed. And so people go into the game and throw it on them. They're 28th in terms of the attempts they see. Now, you can still run the ball on them. They're 16th in the league in that category. How about this, Femi? If they're so talented, how are they the last team in the league in allowing first downs? I mean, they're not that talented, and they have bad there coaching. There you go. <laughs> and they have bad coaching. And he's not a good coach. Yeah. So the lines tend to be overinflated when he's involved. I mean, last week we talked about it. I mean, Kansas City was – everybody was on the Chargers because they mm-hmm. play close games. But they don't – that game wasn't as close as the score. The Chargers had a chance to get back into it, but Kansas City was always in control of that game. 
Yeah. And like the guys that you point to that you would think are talented, like Derwin James haven't really played up to his level in the last couple of years. Joey Bosa has been dealing there. with there. Like, like, like everyone's just like playing that. Like they have big names and their names that we all recognize because they were once really good players, but they're just not playing up to it. And then Mike Williams, of course, he is now out for the rest of the season. So the offense isn't as explosive. Like there's a lot of problems going on, but there better not be no damn problem Sunday night football. They better go ahead and cover the teaser leg at least. <laughs> otherwise, well, it, it, otherwise look, I will be come crying. Don't come crying to me if you lose <laughs> betting boy wonder. Don't come crying to me. Like seriously. But and it's just I, but I agree with you. It's a good matchup for you in this game because the Bears pass defense is not good. And the Chargers with the other boy wonder calling plays. Remember, he was going to turn this whole thing around because yeah. they got Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. Just ask anybody in the analytic. He's the greatest offensive coordinator since Sid Gilman. Uh, and and so you know they'll they'll be able to throw the football. There's no question. Yeah, they better be. Uh, let's get to the coordinator battle of the week, and this one is an interesting game in Indianapolis between the Saints and the Colts. Yeah, I've not heard anybody talk about this, right? And, and I, everybody talks about the the games last year, Gardner Minshew playing home in Philadelphia. Yep. Against the Eagles, against the Col- against the Saints, and Dennis Allen. Whatever you want to say about him as a head coach and his record, and I'm not going to debate that with anybody. Whatever you say, he's a good defensive coordinator, and yep. he basically took away Philly's game last year. I know Minshew was the quarterback, but they were really had trouble. And you look at that game this year, and you come and say, okay, he's going to go into Indianapolis. He's got really good corners. His corners are healthy. His defense is healthy. You know, he held Philly to 19 first downs. I mean, New Orleans only got, I mean, 11 first downs. New Orleans only got 19 in the game. I mean, they struggled. They, they, they were sacked six times in that game by New Orleans. So I just think, to me, New Orleans won that game last year in Philly with 184 yards passing. So I think this is a really interesting matchup. The line has moved all over the place. It's one of those I don't really want to touch, but I'm anxious to watch it. Yeah, I'm seeing where I'm sitting at Circa. It's now Saints two and a half point favorites. They are now two point favorites though across the board as the consensus line total at 43 and a half. All right, on the other side, different game or more of the same next here on the Lombardi line. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSEN.com slash picks page, so our picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSEN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSEN expert has the hot hand. For VSEN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access, become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Sign up and now at Get VSEN and everything we do through May 1st for only $120 at VSEN.com subscribe welcome back this is the lombardi line on the DraftKings network michael lombardi out in new jersey femi abebefe here in downtown las vegas we will wrap up the show with some college football thoughts final thoughts on today's college football card but joining us now to break down the nfl trade deadline that is coming up on tuesday four o'clock eastern one o'clock pacific time the one and only jordan schultz nfl insider now of bleacher report recently announced there hired with bleach report congratulations on the new gig jordan how we doing here Hey, fellas, thank you. Good morning. And uh, yeah, fired up for another, another, what I think should be a pretty good deadline. You think there'll be some trades, Jordan? I mean, usually there's a lot of smoke, but very little fire. I do, I do. I mean, I think, you know, you've already seen a couple, obviously, we saw Hardman get moved and buyer, but I, I, to me, one of the big reasons why, or maybe the main reason why, is the jockeying for couple of these quarterbacks and Drake May and Caleb Williams. And what I've asked around the sense I've gotten is that, you know, everyone wants to see uh, at the latest possible uh, date when they can determine what their, what their team is going to be this season. In other words, we're going into week eight here. And if we're, if you're Minnesota, for example, who I thought was going to be a seller, you won two in a row. You just beat San Francisco. You're suddenly back in the NFC North picture, which looks relatively open you know, maybe you're not selling, maybe you're buying or you're holding put. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of teams that are in that, uh, in, at that point now where they're trying to determine at the latest possible date what they think they can be or won't be for this season. But when it comes down to Caleb Williams and Drake May, Mike, I do believe that there is so much interest and such a belief from so many clubs that they could be franchise cornerstones for the next decade plus. You know, we're already seeing as, a, as an almost blueprint with Houston this year, just look at CJ Stroud. I know he goes third overall, but you know, that, that whole franchise feels and looks different. And, and really it's because of one player. I mean, D'Amico's done a great job. Love Will Anderson, but look at the, the entire ethos of the organization seems to have changed overnight because of one quarterback. Well, that's really interesting. If there's a lot of teams that are looking to kind of position themselves for these young quarterbacks, who might be the teams on the other end that try to take advantage and pluck some talent from those rosters? Like, who do you think will be the most active buyers at the deadline? We know Philadelphia is always interested. Howie Roseman reports are he's not done, but who among the Eagles as well will be looking to buy come Tuesday? Yeah, I think no question Philadelphia. I would look at Baltimore. I know they want to add a running back. Um, you know, I'd be interested in Buffalo, potentially maybe a running back or, or a linebacker. You know, they, uh, secondary, they lost Matt Milano, who was playing like a, just a complete monster buzz, you know, buzzsaw. Uh, they lost Trey White, so maybe a secondary. Um, you know, I think uh, San Francisco as well, looking at potentially a slot corner. Um, if you're in the mix, 
and you know your window is, for example, like a buffalo, I'm not, I don't want to say closing, but your window is now, the time is now to pounce. You have to be aggressive. You have to take advantage of it. And, you know, you, you mentioned Howie as well. I mean, his, I don't know if there's a GM in the league who's, who calls more, and that doesn't necessarily spur action, but it just keeps you in the mix, and it lets everyone else know we want to be aggressive. And, it, and I think that's why, you know, it's one of the reasons Howie's so well-regarded. And, you know, we talked about Bayard earlier. Um, they wanted a safety. I, I don't know if they'd be done in the secondary. So, yeah, I would look at Philadelphia, San Francisco, Baltimore, Buffalo. Um, you know, I thought it was also interesting what Jerry Jones said. I know Dallas would would potentially like to add a linebacker. You know, they they they've really missed LVE, and he says we're not gonna we're not gonna be aggressive. We're not gonna be um, you know calling initiating. Um, I I don't know for sure certainly if Dallas is gonna make a move, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did, especially again considering they've they've been down one of their one of their top backers. How about Washington? That, that that one interests me the most because is A, the owner going to allow Martin Mayhew, uh, Marty Herney, and Ron Rivera, who has all the authority in the building, to make a trade when they may not be back next year, depending on what happens? And do they want to trade away some of their assets for who? So yeah, there's always that fine line between I don't want to trade anybody because I got to win, but then the franchise wants to get picks for next season. So do you have any insight into the Washington football team? Great question, because the commanders, you mentioned Rivera, you know, what, what does he care about picks? You know, I mean, and, and for him, he wants to win now. And that, that organization has been in flux. But I think the insight I would say is this, the new ownership group with Josh Harris, they want to have a sustainable franchise they, you know, you think about Dan Snyder over the last couple of decades, the antithesis of that. So you think about Chase Young and Montez Sweat, two really good young pass rushers, both going to become free agents. It would make sense. And it does make sense that they're open to trading one of those, one of those guys. And I think the idea that you're not going to be able to pay both long-term while disappointing if you're a commander's fan is, is just makes perfect sense. You know, they're, they're both represented by the same agent. They're both essentially the same position. They, they provide similar value. Um, you know, I was told that it, it might take a two or a three to get one of them. You talk about, again, both becoming free agents. So you don't want to just rent a guy, but um, I would look at those two players. And I think in general, again, you're, 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 you're really fighting. If you're Mayhew, if you're Rivera, this concept that we want to win now, are we good enough to just, you know, float around the NFC East and maybe make a wild card push. Sam Howell has been uh, decent, but certainly is, you know, he's going to break the all-time sack record from David Carr. The offensive line is probably the worst in football. So if they were a buyer, then would they potentially want to go out and try to get alignment? Is there alignment? There's a lot of question marks with the commanders. I wish I had the answers, but um, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they moved Sweater Young. We're speaking with Jordan Schultz, your NFL insider over at Bleacher Report. You mentioned Sweat and Young. Let's talk about some other pass rushers here. Brian Burns for Carolina, Daniil Hunter for Minnesota. Of those two guys, which do you think is most likely to be dealt by Tuesday? I would have said Hunter for sure three weeks ago. Um, I still think the answer is Hunter compared to Burns. I, to me, I would be, I'd be shocked if Brian Burns was moved. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's a cornerstone 24 years old, just a phenomenal young player. They, you know, they were, they want, he really wanted to get a long-term extension done before the season. I know, I think, you know, he, his number is, is probably around $30 million a year, 
Um, but I would be shocked if they moved him. I, I just, I really don't see it. Daniel Hunter is, is more interesting because he's been, he's basically a double digit sack guy every year. He's been terrific for Minnesota ever since day one. He has eight sacks, which is, I believe, tied for first in the league. And the, the other key factor with, with him is if, if the Vikings were to trade Daniel Hunter, they would save over $8 million in cap for this season. But then again, they just rattled off two in a row. And, you know, when Justin Jefferson went on IR, I thought, considering the direction and essentially rudderless state of this team, it wouldn't surprise me if he missed most or all the rest of the season. Now that they've won two in a row and they're back in the mix, they just came off their best win of the season by far. You could see a path with Justin Jefferson coming back and you could see a path for Hunter not getting dealt. But if you're asking for Hunter or Burns, certainly the answer is Hunter. If, uh, if one were to get moved. Jordan, I know you live in the New York area. Uh, Brian Dayball was noncommittal on whether Daniel Jones was going to go on IR. What do you think will happen with Daniel Jones? Is he a candidate for IR, or do you think he'll play in the next week or so? I do not believe Daniel Jones will go on IR, no. And, uh, yeah, I think it's – I know he's just – he's such a competitor, and I know Terod Taylor has played well in his absence. And, again, Dayball made it very clear that Daniel Jones is the starting quarterback and – that's the right move. Um, but no, I don't, I don't, my sense is, is that Jones will not go on IR. I think there's a, a really good chance that he were to come, that he were to, uh, he, he'd come back week nine. Um, they have a, unfortunately for them, they have a late buy. I think it's week 13, which is, which is not great, but no, did, I guess the, the simplest way to put it is uh, I don't, I don't see a scenario where, where Jones is on IR unless there's a, another setback this week. Jordan, we got about 45 seconds left. Kyler Murray, it sounds like he's going to be playing sooner rather than later for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Like, like The second half of the season, do you think this is what's going to determine whether he's the long-term solution for them or not? Or how do you see this playing out with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? Yeah, that's the question that I've been asking too. If he were to come back, I know we're strapped on time, uh, and he plays really well hypothetically or well, does that add credence to the fact that uh, he is the long-term guy. Is he the long-term guy regardless? There's a lot of question marks, new coach, new GM. They want him to to come back and play well and be the long-term guy, though. I can tell you that. And I think uh, that would probably be my best guess at this point without knowing exactly when he'll come back. He was close this week. I would anticipate there's a pretty good shot he plays, uh, plays week nine. All right. There Great is. job, Jason. He is uh, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate you. <laughs> That's all right. Thanks, thanks, guys. Take care. <laughs> He's Jordan yeah, Schultz, Jason. NFL insider over there at Bleacher Report. Good stuff there on Kyler Murray. I mean, it sounds like we thought week ten he maybe plays it's good. He's a trade candidate. I mean, if he plays good and stays healthy, he's a trade candidate. Even if he gets hurt, he's a trade candidate. Yeah. Well, a lot of dominoes there in Arizona with a new regime, Monty Ossoford and Jonathan Gannon. All right, we will wrap up the show on the other side, going down the college football board, giving our last thoughts on the marquee games here on the Lombardi Line. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.